Well, good afternoon. This is uh, Pastor Wallace. Welcome to the PW Podcast. I'm so glad you're with us today. And I am super, super excited because I have a great friend with me and a great leader that's located here in the capital city of North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, he's the founding pastor and multi, uh, multi-space, multi-campus, multi-site leader for Focus Church, which my kids are a part of, thank God. And uh, Pastor Mike, thank you so much for allowing them to be a part of your team. And also, he is the founder of Breaking200.com. I listened to one of those earlier today, uh, getting ready 60 days out from Easter. I'm on it. And uh, also part of the uh, CMN network. So that's a cool thing. So Mm -hmm. without further ado, man, let me just turn the mic loose today on the subject of communication in leadership. Welcome, Mike Santiago. Welcome to today's episode of the PW Podcast, where leaders learn to lead. In every episode, you get front row seating to transparent, practical conversations between host Wallace Phillips and successful leaders from the marketplace to the ministry. The result? Your leadership will gain greater clarity, purpose, and charisma. So get ready. Change starts now. Thank you so much, uh, Bishop Wallace. I am always honored to talk church with you. And uh, man, your legacy lives on. And uh, man, you are a giant in the faith. And we're incredibly grateful for you and for your impact on our state, on our country and around the world. I remember the first time we ever got to connect and uh, just able to really glean from your ministry experience and from your ministry there at the Barnabas house. Always grateful for the rest that my family receives. And then to have your granddaughter coming to our church. I mean, I get nervous every Sunday knowing that there's a grandchild of a bishop running around the halls of our church. And so I hope we're not teaching heresy at Focus Church, and hope hope that what she's learning is is right. Prepped by the best, man. I tell you what, I'm I'm so thankful that you're a mentor in my life. On my uh, one of my earlier broadcasts, I was introducing a mentor, and I said, "Hey, he's half my age, but you know what? I get to choose the mentors in my life. Okay, they don't have to be seventy or seventy-five. I thank God for your impact on my life and what you're doing for the kingdom today, and such a joy to serve with you." Um, on a leadership capacity for for the AG. So today we're going to talk about communication. So crank us up, man. Let's get let's get going with it and uh, see what the Lord has to say for us. Yeah, I think that um, many of us think that communication is limited to the microphone. Let me just start right there. A lot of people see church communication, and all they think is preaching, teaching, or leading from a microphone. However, because of the internet, because of Uh, a cell phone, communication has changed drastically. As a matter of fact, I have three categories. There is online, there is off off stage, and then there is on stage. So you have actually three types of communication that are at play currently in ministry. And so now, when when I was growing up, my dad just preached. He preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That was the only type of communication he had. There was maybe a church bulletin, but there was no uh, phone tree. There was no clear stream mass texting. There was no Facebook live, no YouTube live, no Instagram reels. Uh, there was no devotional reading plan through the Version Bible app. There was no mass email. You got to think communication has changed drastically over the last 
25 years. It's not the same, especially in ministry. So you have to know who your audience is in every medium that you're communicating. So as a communicator, I can't come onto this podcast and start preaching. Well, I just feel the presence of God here today. That is preaching. This is leadership development. This is uh, training. This is equipping the saints. This is equipping other ministers. So I know I know my audience. My audience here is other leaders. So I'm going to communicate according to my audience, not according to my gift. This is important. I don't communicate according to my gift. I communicate according to my audience. Uh, I really hate social media. I don't enjoy uh, Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. But I know that most of my church, as a matter of fact, I just read this stat. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, it says that uh, 40% of the internet use, 40%, so nearly half uh, of internet users are logging into Facebook every single day. Wow. So my people, our audience, the people we're trying to reach or the people we're trying to keep or the people we're trying to get out, whatever whatever season you're trying to do as a pastor, there's either reaching, keeping, or- Anything effective on that last category, let me know, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so 40% are on Facebook. I'm not a huge fan of social media. I don't think screen time is the healthiest thing for our brains. However, people are there. And where the people are, if that's the well of today's you know, society, if that's where people are going to drink, if that's where people are going to conversate, then we need to be prepared. I think a lot of people think that it suffice to just stream their services on Facebook. But those are two different audiences experiencing the same message. What we've discovered is we still do Facebook live streams. We still stream our services, but the most effective thing on Facebook is a well-told story, communicating a well-told story in written form. People will see its virality. What we found on Instagram is that vertical video in less than 60 seconds communicates the story on Instagram. And then in person, what we've, what we've discovered is that announcements um, can be draining, but stories can be compelling. I'll give you one example. And if I'm going too fast, you just stop me because I love talking church. But when it comes to communicating announcements, let's just talk about church announcements. Number one, I think that any announcement should have to apply to at least 70% of the people in the room. So if you get an announcement sheet and it's like, all right, here. This week coming up, we have the left-handed underwater basket weaving association females who are going to be meeting in the fellowship hall. Well, the niche is so small that you just isolated 90% of your audience. They're tuning out because it's not relevant to them. What you could say is, hey, for all other announcements, scan the QR code or look in your bulletin or check your email. There's no need to go over every announcement, but the ones that do the best are the ones where it's a well-told story. I'll give you a really quick example. We wanted the whole church to raise money for uh, camp scholarships, youth camp scholarships. So we're like, okay, we can't just get up there and say, give us your money for youth camp scholarships. And we don't do bake sales and we don't do car washes and we don't do spaghetti dinners. What can we do? Well, we heard that there was a girl in the youth group who had been saving up for, for a phone she had been saving up $500 for a new phone. And the Lord told her that Wednesday night to give that money towards camp scholarships instead of buying a phone. This teenager gave it forward, paid it forward. 
So what we did was we had her tell her story on video. And here we have this young girl saved up $500, was going to get a phone, which you know, to a teenage girl, it's everything to them. She sacrifices, gives it to the gives it to the kids that needed scholarships. We, at the end of the video, come up with a brand new phone for her. Why? Because the church is going to give her the phone because this is how you tell a compelling story. And then we appeal to the church. If this teenager can give 500, everyone here could at least sponsor one kid at 250. And that is way better than getting up there and saying, okay, it's time for announcements. Who wants to help send kids to camp? crickets right it's the compelling story so you got to know your audience um when you communicate online just know that it's forever know that as soon as you post something online it's going to live there forever and we've seen this play out in politicians lives recently because things that they said in a former life or in a former job or in a former understanding of life have surfaced so anything you post online is forever. This is probably especially for the younger kids and myself, because I can get fired up sometimes and say something that I shouldn't say or do something that I shouldn't do or post something that I shouldn't post. Just know that it takes two seconds to screenshot something and it's tagged for you forever. Mm-hmm. Online is the new resume too. So if you're looking for a new job, if you're looking to uh, change jobs, just know that you're your new employer potentially will just search you on the internet before they even ask for references. They'll do a deep dive on your Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. References. It's a character report, man. It really is. It really, really is. And so um, the internet uh, and everything you upload does not expire. It's forever. I'm reading some notes here. And authenticity is what gets the most virality. So when you are yourself, that's when people will identify with it the most. Also, uh, it scares the enemy. So let me just get spiritual for just a second. When you are your real self online, in person, and offline, the enemy gets nervous because finally someone is acting the way that they're supposed to act all the time, which is integrous. That's integrity, being the same person you are online and offline. The enemy loves a double standard. He will use it against you. Oh, well, they were that way online and then they were that way in church and they were that way at home. But when you are integrous and you communicate on all three mediums with integrity, you actually uh, are able to um, scare the enemy. And one question that you could ask every time you go to communicate online is what would future me say about this post? Right. So it, so this is how I've had to filter some of the things that I post. God forbid I dropped dead. And that was the last thing on my timeline that everyone is, because, you know, everyone goes to the Facebook of the person who dies. God forbid that me complaining about the Hardy's drive through line <laughs> is the last thing that that's on my timeline. So Husky man, don't come to Husky. Say out of Husky. What I'm so you have to know that. So that's kind of the online communication component. I just recently had a video uh, go viral that had f- five million views. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about chicken wings being delivered via a drone at my parents' house. They have a drone delivery service. Five million views. That's a ton of eyeballs. That's ten million eyeballs. I mean, that's a lot. And I thought to myself, I've spent my life 
dedicating to preaching God's word, studying God's word, creating leadership content, growing churches, growing the church, capital C. And the one time I make a joke about chicken wings, <laughs> it's the one that the algorithm likes. And so when you are yourself, the algorithm sends that to more people. So be yourself online. Wow. Um, I think, uh, Pastor Mike, because when you were, were talking about the three mediums that you were going to address today, the very first thing that hit my brain was, you know, I wonder, I wonder if we could ask him a question about, you know, the Mike Santiago online, the Mike Santiago on stage and off stage, you know, those, those categories. And I, what, what I hear you saying is it's just super important that, that you are the Mike Santiago, you are the Wallace Phillips in all of those mediums all the time. The message is the same. The person is the same. The character is the same. Yeah. I'm the same person, but I don't communicate the same way. So I'm not like to my kids, you know, welcome to the dad show, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, and I would say this, I probably have a, a, um, a tank. There's probably a tank at the beginning of every day where I'm, um, at my sharpest, at my best, at my ready to communicate, ready to write, ready to preach, ready to do podcasts. And then about uh, four o'clock, that tank starts running a little empty. And so I get a little bit more, um, less sharp. I get a little bit more boring, uh, less, I can't connect the dots as quickly later on in the day. And so when I get home, I, I really don't have much of a presentation, but I am the same person. And right. that's, I think, the key. The other thing I'd like to talk about is like the offstage communication, like what we're doing now or what we do when we meet someone. I think what we're going to lose if we're not careful, especially with kids being so virtual and work being so virtual, is this um, running into someone at Walmart during the week as a pastor being very good at that interaction is a skill that must be learned. And you'd be surprised how many people aren't taught the actual human connection to look someone in the eye when you communicate, stand up if you're shaking another man's hand. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. These are basic things that I think you and I probably, it's normalized for us. We grew up, you know, in, in, in somewhat of a culture that, that prioritized teaching that. But because of the invention of the phone and how many kids are connecting digitally, I'm not sure if, you know, we get, they get social anxiety these days. And a lot of that you and I never had to deal with because we were always meeting people in person. We were always going to the Cracker Barrel or the Waffle House or the Walmart. And if you saw your, I mean, we pastored in a small, small town in Okeechobee, Florida, and we had to make plans. When we go to Walmart, we knew, we knew that there was going to be an extra 30 to 45 minutes of just seeing people from church in the Walmart every single time we went to Walmart. So you have to really be good to know that if you can't be hiding from people in public as someone that communicates, um, you know. Know when, know when the, how to read the room, when the conversation's ending. Um, the, one of the things that I wrote in my notes is that it's so important to remember a person's name. A really practical thing is, is the best way to make a favorable first impression. This is what I wrote, wrote in my notes is to remember someone's name and a person's name to him or her is the sweetest, most important sound in any language. That's what uh, Dale Carnegie said. When someone hears their name, spoken by someone else. It's the sweetest sound in any language. 
And obviously we're Christians. Jesus is the name above every name. But you know what I'm saying here when it comes to communication. People want to feel missed, loved, and recognized. And when you remember their name, it's so key. So here's what I'll do. And I'm just letting you guys under the hood. On Sunday, I'll meet a first-time guest. Let's just call him Joe. I meet Joe in the morning before I preach. A lot of times I'll be working the parking lot as like undercover boss. They don't even know that I'm the pastor. I get up to preach. I see Joe's eyes get real big. Oh my goodness. I met that guy in the parking lot. I didn't know he was the guy, the pastor. And then at the end of the service, I'll rush out to the lobby and he's, Joe's already made it to his car. I'll say, Joe, he'll turn around. I'll say, I'll see you next week. I don't even ask what they thought about the service. I'll just say, I'll see you next week. Instantly. When the pastor remembers somebody's name in person, changes everything. It's a huge, it's a huge retention thing. Um, there are four, there are four ways to remember someone's name. I, and let me know if I'm going too long, but commit, you got to commit to it. I'm going to remember names. Don't make it your excuse. I'm just not good at remembering names. No, we're going to commit to remembering names. We're going to concentrate. So every time someone tells us their name, we're going to look at them in the eyes. Then we're going to repeat it. Hey, Joe, really nice to meet you, Joe. And you're going to internalize it. And then associate if you have to. All right, Joe works at uh, AutoZone. So Joe Auto, Joe Auto, Joe AutoZone. That's Joe. He works at AutoZone. And now I've associated his name and I can remember that for, you know, if, if I met a guy named Dave and he has a big beard, like Dave doesn't shave, Dave doesn't shave, Dave doesn't beard, Dave, Dave doesn't shave. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's... That's the second type. That's kind of the offstage, offline communication. And then the, the final one is like on stage. And that's the, the preaching side, the communication side. And that's the one that we love the most. That's the one that gets the most uh, recognition. But to be honest, I mean, it's, it's equally important as the others. But I love preaching. If, you, if you're a preacher, you preach God's word, there's nothing wrong with three points in a poem. Absolutely nothing wrong. We're just swinging for the fences and hitting a single every single Sunday. Not every Sunday has to be Easter Sunday. You don't have to be, you don't have to be Jensen Franklin. You don't have to be Mike Todd. You don't have to be Stephen Furtick. You don't have to be TD Jakes. You be you. And if you get on base every single Sunday for 30 years straight, guess what? That's a lot of runs. As a matter of fact, four singles is more runs than one home run. Just remember that. If anybody knows baseball terminology, four singles scores more runs than one home run. And I had to learn the hard way because I wanted to come and swing for the fences. Every time I got the microphone, I wanted to be a master preacher. I wanted to, this will be the most memorable sermon you've ever heard. That's not really the case. That's not how pastoring works. The way pastoring works is every Sunday, I move the needle in the right direction towards a long obedience in the same direction where I'm building a disciple for life that's in my congregation. So I used to swing for the fence. I used to be like, this is going to be a home run. Now I'm just praying that I can get on base every single Sunday. And that's that's on stage communication. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, I can tell you, man, I follow you. Um, you're, you're preaching, you're speaking. And uh you know, in my opinion, you're, you're not a singles guy. You're doubles and triples and home runs all the time. I do my best. Love your heart. Love your love your message, and uh, love the podcast today on communication. You know, there's some you know such a such a challenge. You know, the last point that you talked about was that voice on stage. I remember in a homiletics class I was in at Southeastern University. I remember the homiletics instructor just kind of lowering the gavel on this guy when they say, "Hey, hey, Mike, stop." His name was Mike. 
And he said, um, he said, stop, Mike. He said, do you uh, speak to your wife uh, this way? <laughs> he said, well, no. He said, I want you to be Mike, okay? I don't want you to concoct some sort of uh, figure that you feel like you need to be in the pulpit. And so really, I know Mike today, and I'll tell you, it liberated him, man, when someone cut to the chase and told him the truth. And so you're ringing the bell today for reality and character and integrity, whether you're on the platform, off the platform, running into, you know, Dave that shaves that works or the guy who works in AutoZone. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you need to be the same person. That's, right. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a hit right there. So true. So true. Hey, listen, uh, there, there are a lot of people listening to us today that are leaders and, um, you know, I, I always like to close out uh, our podcast with a time of prayer. I, I want you to target a prayer specifically for people just to be liberated from pressures and expectations of other people to be the real person that God has called them to be and to apply the principles that they've heard you share today, uh, even down to the classic learning names. Mm -hmm. and, you know, just, just practical things to help them because, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to be effective. Nobody wants to, nobody wants or aspires to be an ineffective leader. We want to be better leaders. Yeah. I, I'm reminded before I pray, I'm reminded of the woman at the well. She brought a bucket with her. Jesus asked her for water and she says, sir, you don't have a bucket. And then uh, he, he, out of nowhere, he reminds her of her past. And so she has two things. She has a gift, which is her bucket that Jesus doesn't have. You know, she's, she's holding tightly to this bucket and then she has guilt, which is what she had done. So she has what she's good at and what she's done. Basically, what you do, you know, I get water with this bucket or what you've done. This is the mistakes I made. And the Bible clearly says that she leaves the bucket at the well and she goes back to town and she says, come meet a man who knew who told me everything, uh, who knew everything I've ever done or knew everything about me. And I just want to free some of the preachers up that you are not your gift. You're not the bucket. No matter how good it is, no matter what you think you've been given. Now, she held tightly to that because it was the only thing she had. She was in abusive relationships, had a real pattern of bad relationship decisions. So all she had was getting water at the middle of the day. But Jesus, a real encounter with Jesus will get you to abandon your gift as the primary mechanism of affirmation. And right. it will also get you to abandon your guilt, which is the devil's way to get you to keep you trapped. You are not your gift of communicating, and right. you are not the guilt of your past. I'm now preaching. Now this is preaching, Mike. This is my preaching voice. You are not your gift, and you are not your guilt. You are a daughter, son of the king. You are a child of the king. And so I just prophetically declare over every person listening and watching that we won't get caught up in how big the 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 bucket is or how deep the well is or how good we are at drawing water, trying to prove to the living water how good we are. And I pray that we would not get so consumed with our past that we would have to come to the well in the middle of the day and never be good enough. But instead, I prophetically declare that you would encounter God who tells you everything about you, how he loves you, cares for you, designed you, fashioned you together in your mother's womb. And I pray blessing and favor over every single minister of the gospel listening, every leader listening, that they would know that they are not their gift and that they are not their guilt in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, Pastor Mike. Would you give a, a plug for uh, Breaking200.com? And uh, we'll put that on the screen for people to be able to uh, go there and possibly sign up. Getting ready for Easter. I listened to uh, totally. 
to broadcast earlier today. Yeah, we have an Easter challenge that's happening right now. It's just at growthisEaster.com if you want to jump in on that. That started today at 60 days. And then uh, the the website is super simple. It's just break200.com. That's just break200.com. And it helps churches that are under the 200 barrier break the 200 barrier with uh, Netflix style videos, over 130 videos, hours upon hours of content, Um, all of our sermon series graphics. If you need help creatively we we do that there a facebook community group that's uh private only for pastors with uh less than 200 so it's just break200.com and uh if anybody joins the community would love to to get connected to them all right wishing you well pastor mike god bless you i appreciate you and thanks for being a part of the pw podcast you've been listening to the pw podcast where leaders learn to lead with host wallace phillips thank you for lending us your ear today whether you're commuting at the gym or on a run thank you for listening and please subscribe so you never miss an episode for more information visit leadersleadlive till next time